depending on who funds you, you might be at MGA right away. But then if you really want to scale and grow and be the next lemonade, if you will, right. which, which I know, you know those guys want to be and you know, being a full stack insurer kind of gives you the ability to, to, to drive the ship where you want to take it. Great. Okay. Well, um, I'm very happy to have Alan Walters. He is Vice President of Insurance Research at Conning. Welcome, Alan. Thanks, Josh. Great to be here. I'm super excited to, to spend the next few minutes talking about InsureTech with you. Yeah, that's great. So, you know, moving right into it, you know, probably be helpful to give folks a little information about what you do today, but I also know you know, you you worked in some innovation roles within carriers prior to conning. So so maybe you could provide a little bit more of the the backstory and kind of how that led to what you're doing today. Yeah, sure thing. Um, you're fortunate enough to to one, you know, after after college almost 10 years ago, find my way into insurance, but specifically uh, insurance transformation. Quick rundown my resume. Uh, began my career as an underwriting analyst at Geico. Um, and got to work on a couple interesting projects there, including you know, when the original you know, Tesla came out and, and how do you begin to think about underwriting electric vehicles, which is probably still as relevant today as it was eight or nine years ago. Um, but from there, moved on to, to Travelers, where I you know, held a few roles. Um, and then from there, I got the opportunity to, to work in a similar role, um, you know, manager of innovation at, at the Hanover, a, kind of a top 25 PNC company up in Massachusetts. Um, and again, you're fully immersed in the insured tech community, looking at you know, some of the leading data companies for small commercial use cases, um, building building a new sales platform for, for the specialty lines, um, and had, had a good experience there, but you know, really wanted to continue to you know, be on the forefront of insured tech research. And, and that's what brought me to Conning. And here at Conning, um, you know, I'm kind of leader in insured tech research group um, or practice, if you will. Um, one of many research analysts that we have. Um, you know, for those that don't know, Conning is one of the leading insurance-focused asset managers for both life and annuity companies, as well as PNC. Uh, and within the insurance research group, we we provide research to both those asset management clients, uh, as well as other clients that that are interested in our you know, primary and secondary research. Great. Yeah. So um, as you as you just indicated at the end there. Um, you know, I know you're, you're you're sort of more focused on PNC versus other um, segments of the industry, but um, maybe you could just share, you know, broadly speak, speaking, what are some of the top trends you're seeing in InsureTech right now? Yeah, I think one area is the the continued impact on distribution, and there's a few perspectives to look at it. Um, you know, one is you know, with all the the work that's being done in InsureTech, um, you know, this is still a very positive thing for the independent agent channel. There's so many different ways now that, that independent agents and brokers can go about modernizing their business um, and and really making it and making it even more efficient and even and profitable. Um, and there's different ways to go about that. Um, and one of the things we've really looked at is is the digital agent space and and how you can work with you know many many of these insure tech companies and some have already been acquired you know such as cover wallet cover hound uh, i mean even newer companies like Breeza or tamrica uh, that uh, you know focus on bringing you know almost like a direct experience to to an independent agent and, and making it easier for customers agents and insurers that kind of triangle if you will to um you know buy and service insurance policies 
you know, how do you see maybe projects today comparing to some of the things you worked on um, in in the earlier days of this? Yeah, I think you know a couple of things come to mind, and, that, and it's one of the areas that that here at here at Conning we're kind of focused on right now a little bit too is how do insurers and insured techs best best work together. And you know, when when I began working in this space on the insurer side. If you want to look at you know underwriting Gulf areas around climate change or something, and, you know it, it sounds really interesting. It sounds really exciting, and then you run back to your senior leadership team, the the, the decision makers at the insurer, and they're like, "Alan, this is like a ten year initiative for us. You know, we're not focused on it right now, and we really just want to cut the expense ratio another half point, um, and and maybe get a little bit of rate in the workers' comp area. Um, so it's kind of you know, better marrying those two those two goals." Um, so I think the, the the big thing is better understanding what your company is is trying to achieve, and then going out um, and and figuring out the best way to solve that, and that it could include going out to insure tech companies. You know, do do you have any particular observations as to how you know different companies are are approaching it from a, a business strategy point of view? You know, and and and. You know, how do you see organizations approaching it from that top level strategy and then and then pushing that down into the organization? Yeah, at least from what, what, what we've seen and kind of the way I would recommend you know, a company, especially maybe a smaller or mid-sized company, go about it is just, just think about your value chain and maybe break down what are your, your top challenges within, you know, from distribution to underwriting to service and claim. Um, and there's probably a, a challenge in there that a lot of other companies are facing and that there's insure tech a solution provider is willing to you know help you achieve that so that could include you know, doing a deep dive on the underwriting space and getting maybe some third-party data there's companies like like carpe data uh, conver um, and many others that that can help you provide a pretty robust solution um, when it comes to to underwriting small businesses and mid-sized businesses um, i guess you know beyond that you know, claim would be another example um, you know, how do you make that more efficient? How do you get analytics around claim? You know, things like you know, streamlining the adjustment process. There's companies, I think, I think Snapsheet's a good example um, of how do you just make claims more efficient um, you know, for your company when you think about those strategic goals. Um, and then, you know, maybe you know, at, at this point with the AMBS rating, you can do a couple pilots. Um, maybe you have a couple strategic partnerships and and, and you can kind of help go about you know, fulfilling that bucket if I'm the CFO that way. I was, you know, kind of curious when you speak to some of your more incumbent clients, you know, when they look at, at that at the earliest stage or if they look at, you know, what is happening with Eliminate or a Hippo and how much capital they accrued and, you know, how fast they've kind of become a brand and, and, and you know, how do they look at that? How do they think about that? Yeah, it's, you know, so kind of at the highest level, it's it's interesting, and you know, even with even with VCs, stereotypes kind of come into play. And what, what we've heard is, you know, the West Coast is all about getting a proof of concept. West Coast investors, you know, just get in the market as soon as possible, um, you know, begin to prove out that concept. While East Coast investors are maybe a little bit more focused on the financials. So, you know, what does that mean? And you see companies and a couple high profile ones that that fit this trend to a glove would include, you know, Next. Uh, and then Pi, a, a workers' comp insurer, um, both launched in the last you know five years, and they launched as MGAs just to get into the market as quickly as possible. Yep. Um, but then, you know, at, at, 
as an MGA, you're relying on, on partners uh, to scale. You know, so we, we saw both those guys in 2018 pivot to uh, being a full stack insurer and being able to underwrite on their own paper. Um, and that's kind of a key, um, I guess, you know, point, uh, inflection point in, in insure tech maturity is you know, depending on who funds you, you might be an MGA right away. Um, but then if you really want to scale and grow and be the next lemonade, if you will, right. which, which I know, you know those guys want to be and you know, next talks about going public at some point eventually, um, you know, being a full stack insurer kind of gives you um, the ability to, to, to drive the ship where you want to take it. Uh, do, do you have any concerns that one of these firms could blow up because, you know, they, they, they can't quite catch up to um, – you know, get over that inflection point in time? I don't think yet. You know, I think when I think about, you know, insure tech maturity as a whole, I know, you know we kind of say we're in the middle innings now. Um, it's not the same as it was in 2015, 2016, 2017. Um, but I, you know, I don't think we're in the end game or, you know, towards the end of the game by any stretch. Um, and it's, it's interesting. You, you know, I'm an optimist. I see Lemonade, you know, six months ago, they announced they want to get into term life. Um, a few weeks ago, they announced they want to get into to automobile insurance. Uh, and I, I think that sounds really interesting. They have the technology already in place. They have kind of a brand behind them. Um, I know I moved apartment buildings in the last few months, and you know, Lemonade was one of the companies they suggested I look into. Um, if property managers know about Lemonade, I think they've done a pretty good job of getting to identify right. uh, part of their, their target market. Uh, you know, that being said, I guess, you know, a pessimist would see somebody stabbing around in the dark, you know, somebody who originally was focused just on renters, which is a very tiny share of, of personal lines. Uh, and now it's trying to go after the, the, the biggest portion of, of personal auto. Um, and I guess there is still a lot to be proven yet uh, to, to, to see how they go. So in answer to your question, I'm personally, I'm not concerned. Um, but I think with anything, you know, you know, a healthy dose of skepticism, you know, always is always is warranted and always helpful. How do you see insurtechs and carriers working better together? Yeah, that's you know that's what I dedicated you know a few years of my career to doing or to, to being immersed in. Um, I think that's one of the biggest um, you know, opportunities still to to fine tune is is how do insurers and insurtechs work together, um, and it's kind of an ongoing uh, an ongoing struggle, I guess, if you will. Um, you know, so you know, I've always had always had, I guess, the luxury of working in a dedicated innovation team, uh, which meant the the carrier had um, a budget dedicated to just innovation. We could go out, we could do pilots. Um, it's a terrible cliche, but we could quote unquote fail fast, um, and and from there we could you know try to find new sources of value to bring back to the company. I think that's really a kind of the overreaching goal is how do you identify these new sources of value? But I think. You know, the downside of that is you're really an internal consultant um, with with no clear um, you know, line in the management. You're, you got a dotted line into probably the chief underwriting officer, the chief claims officer, um, you know, the, the information leader, the IT leader. Um, and how do you really begin to affect change across your insurer, across your, your, your employer? Um, and I think that's kind of one of the downsides of being on those innovation teams. And I, I think also you know, why initially – you know, the thought was, how do you have a, you know, a green, a green light path, an easy path um, for these startups to, to do business with you? Um, it, it may help you get a, a pilot up and going out of the 
help you get a pilot up and running sooner uh, than you otherwise would. Um, you know, at the end of that pilot, which which could be unpaid, and you know, it really is being funded by um, the the insure tech partner. Um, you know, how do they you know, get ad- adequate bandwidth across the whole insurer? Um, and I was on a, on the conversation, had a conversation with you know the the sales leader at a pretty large insure tech company last week, and you know they're they're almost you know tired of talking to these innovation teams because. You know, how do you get a contract beyond one year in place when, you know, from their perspective, there's no clear accountability at the insurer? Um, you know, it comes down to making as many conversations, as many connections across the insurer as you can. Um, but but that's a lot of work and, and a lot of time uh, on behalf of a, a relatively small startup um, to, to do. Um, so I, I think there's pros and cons to, you know, both insurers having innovation teams and not. Um, but if you have one, you definitely need, in my opinion, to be all in on it, and that includes legal procurement, um, and, and getting the right decision makers at the table. Yeah, cool. All right, great. Well, uh, Alan Walters, uh, vice president of insurance research at Conning. Thanks so much for being on. Thanks so much, Josh.